I'd like to grab your attention just very briefly before this episode begins, if I may. The Historical Belfast podcast recently surpassed 16,000 downloads, which is pretty good for a one-man operation. It remains the only Belfast history podcast on the airwaves, and with five-star reviews across the board, the podcast is only going to continue to grow with many more exciting episodes to come. For that reason, I think now is the perfect opportunity for businesses to consider becoming a sponsor or a partner of the Historical Belfast podcast and be exposed to thousands of listeners each month. If this is something that might interest you, please get in touch via email, info at historicalbelfast.com. Now, let's get back to episode 22 of the Historical Belfast podcast, which I'm calling The Boyne Bridge. In July 2021, it was reported that a 17th century bridge had been discovered by archaeologists in Belfast, encased within its 20th century reconstructed successor. According to local folklore, the Saltwater Bridge, which crossed Belfast's Blackstaff River, close to where it enters the arterial River Lagan, was on the route taken by King William III and his forces on their journey to the Battle of the Boyne in 1690. You'll have heard... On a previous episode about Sandy Row Orange Hall of King William's connection to the Sandy Row area. Indeed, there's a connection to King James II too, as he is also thought to have retreated across this bridge in the wake of his defeat at the Boyne. As part of an archaeological survey, a series of cores were taken from the modern bridge. These confirmed that remains of an older bridge had been fully encapsulated by the later structure. The later structure is of course the Boyne Bridge at Sandy Row, and if you go there today you'll see a plaque on the bridge which reads County Borough of Belfast, with an image of the Belfast coat of arms. It then says Boyne Bridge reconstructed 1936, opened by the Right Honourable Lord Mayor Sir Crawford McCullough. The opening ceremony of the bridge took place on the 18th of December when With a pair of gold scissors presented to him by the contractors H&J Martin, the Lord Mayor cut the ribbon to formally open the bridge linking Durham Street to Sandy Row. The new bridge had been under construction since September 1934 and was plagued with delays as contractors had to maintain a functioning railway service underneath. It had replaced a version of the old bridge built in 1870 when Belfast was merely a small town but had since become unfit for purpose due to the modern pressures of traffic in what by 1936 was a great and busy city. The new bridge it was hoped would adequately meet the transport demands of its day as well as catering for pedestrians to cross. So the Boyne Bridge was initially intended to be a transport solution for Belfast but ironically its future is in doubt as a result of a new transport solution for Belfast. Because in 2017, Belfast City Council voted in favour of a new £208 million TransLink transport hub which will lead to the bridge's demolition. A spokeswoman for the Department of Infrastructure who approved the project in 2019 said earlier this year, quote, The department can confirm that the Boyne Bridge is due to be removed during the development of the Belfast transport hub, end of quote. As part of the stringent planning conditions for the Belfast transport hub, 
The older remains of the bridge will be preserved in situ with the final development, but the 1936 structure will be lost. However, some local residents are opposed to the plan and have called for the bridge to be retained, refurbished and incorporated into the final plans. Billy Dixon is one of them. He's been leading a campaign to save the historic Boyne Bridge and I've been speaking to him about it. I began by asking him about his own experiences growing up in the Sandy Row area. Well, my, uh, my family, um, my father, my, my father, grandfather, they're Sandy Row. Okay. And then my father, when he joined, uh, when he joined the army, he, um, the Second World War, when he came back after the war, um, he married a Korean girl and they, they, they lived at Greencastle uh, for a time and then uh, came back to, um, come back to Sandy Road, Utility Street. So most of my childhood was brought up at 122 Utility Street in the Sandy Road area. And what was it like? What was it like growing up in Sandy Row, Billy? Well, actually, I had a very long conversation with a, a family member last night, and uh, it wasn't. Um, we talked about the obviously people talk about poverty now, you know, but it was it was poverty, and um, you know, to um, people really did have to pay, to depend on even jumbo sales and for shoes and clothes and all the rest of it. And, and we're even talking about coal and we're saying, you know, about the, the environment and how coal um, is frowned upon now. And uh, but how do we feel about coal? What's our thoughts of coal? So we wanted to talk about the uh, our experiences of coal, uh, you know, and a cold winter day and running out of coal and uh, and then the uh, Ferguson, the coal man, he came in the street and uh, uh, many bags do you want, Mrs. Dixon? You know, and uh, uh, one just, uh, you know, or whatever it may be. And uh, of course, they threw the coal up the coal hole, you know, and uh, under the stairs. And uh, you just had to make do. And then, of course, uh, you, you may have to struggle uh, uh, and use burn shoes, uh, old shoes, or anything at all on uh, the fire. And um, and money was scarce. But in saying all that, and I'm being very brief, of course, Jason, um, I'm being very brief, but in saying all that, you know, we didn't see as children ourselves as being uh, downtrodden or anything or um, just being disadvantaged we went out we hadn't any money um, the boys went up to the Cave Hill and had no money uh, we got empty lemonade bottles and we got the deposits on them and that was got us a bus for our home. And we never ever thought that it would never be a time when we wouldn't have like, kept the money for a bus for our home. We always did for some reason, or we did. We managed to get it. And we had no money to buy uh, sweets or lemonade or ice cream. Or anything. And we just maybe called at a house and said, Mrs, you couldn't give us a drink of water. You know, <laughs> you know 
but we never ever ever seen and then of course i looked after the pigs and uh, helped to look after the pigs and you thought they said cleanings up at the top of the street and they used to collect for skins and uh I got me the money to get me the pictures, you know, the money to get me the pictures, you know. The, then a lot of people, our families had problems, especially the drink. And, uh, but maybe it was their environment that caused that, you know, I don't know. Maybe they turned to drink as a way of just skip it, skipping the reality of life, you know. And, uh, um, you know, but um, saying all that, we were happy. We went up to the playground, uh, and that was we played football, you know, on the playground and uh, or the Maple Street Hill. So we were we were we were happy um, in the poverty. We were happy. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to make understand that, but it's looking back now, you know, um, realizing there was all parts of Belfast that weren't living the same way as we were. What would have been your earliest memory of Sandy Row? My my earliest memories of Sandy Row um, would really be uh, I think it's all just basically my own street, Utility Street, uh, Bentham Street, Melville Street, and that was just a wee tight end of Sandy Row. Some people say it's not Sandy Row, but at least Sandy Row, and. All our life was was there, and then up over the wee wooden bridge. So you, the wee wooden bridge was a focal, you know, memory. Um, the wee wooden bridge, uh, it's a metal bridge now, but it was a wooden bridge, and that took you over to the park. So and then you had a chippy at the corner by the Utility Street and the Aurelia Nursery. So really, that was that was it. And then we would have races. You see. Starting from Utility Street, Neville Street, there, uh, Street Hill, Utility Street, running down the length of uh, Utility Street, turn left into Felt Street, turn left into Phantom Street, straight up Phantom Street, up the Clay Hill, as we called it, uh, past the Aurelian, and back down to Utility Street. And I used to give, I used to give all the boys a half a street uh, start. I gave them nearly a half a street start, and I still beat them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned one bridge there. I want to turn your attention to another bridge. What would be your earliest memories of the Boyne Bridge at Sandy Road? Uh, well, yeah, well, that's that's no problem. That's no problem at all. And I think that's what most people... Most people want to keep the Boyne Bridge because uh, most people didn't, until recently had no knowledge of the history of the 1642 bridge, no knowledge of it at all. So their, uh, their attachment to the bridge uh, would be uh, from recent memory, from, you know, by 1940, 1940, no, 1950, around about 1950 anyway, up to early 1940, 1950, that period onward. And so their memories, childhood memories of playing on the bridge and uh, association with the bridge. Now, it's not a skyscraper. It's not a massive size, it's, but it's obviously a bridge. It's there, uh, Art Deco bridge. 
um, if there are. Now, what what we would do, uh, what we went, we went over the bridge, we went to the pictures when we had the money. We got into the Coliseum on the Grosvenor Road there. And uh, we watched, it uh, wasn't, wasn't a fancy picture house by any means, but we, we went in there and we enjoyed the pictures. But when we didn't have the money, we didn't have the money. At the, at the back of the cinema, there was a door and it was a, a good bit up from the ground, you know. But you, had, you could jump up onto a ledge and you could put your ear to the door and you could hear, <laughs> and you hear the sound of the film, you know, and you hear your ear to the door. Bang, bang, bang. You see? But anyway, when you just see the film, uh, you're like a child, you run over the bridge and you, you actually, you were the hero or the cowboy, you know, and you were shooting and all like a child. You know, the child, a child gets on. So we run over the bridge and all. So those memories of going to the pictures and then crossing the bridge. Um, Gordon Freeman, who is, um, we're hoping to get his book printed soon. He's the late Gordon Freeman. And uh, he was evacuated to the country during the war. And uh, he didn't like the country. He didn't like the country. He was evacuated to Akali. But anyway, he came back to Belfast and he was crossing the Boyne Bridge and he smelt uh, the tobacco, you know, the tobacco from Murray's factory. And he, had, he says, fresh air at last, fresh air at last. He took the smell of the tobacco was fresh air and he was back on the Sandy Row. So Sandy Row, as the Belfast Telegraph said, Many many years ago, uh, Belfast, the Sandy uh, Road without the Boyne Bridge is unthinkable. Uh, it is unthinkable, and uh, and I, apart from even even if you didn't know all the history of the sixteen forty two bridge and all that and all the history associated with, if you had no knowledge whatsoever. Just as it is now, it is a landmark of Sandy Road. I do not, I can only come to my own conclusions, and I think everybody else is coming to their own conclusions. Why would you support the plans that Chancellor have outlined, even from the very first, early stage? Didn't hate anything, wouldn't, not head. Yeah, you see, you see what, what the reality is. So why would anyone from Sandy Row or from anywhere else support it? And but at the end of the day, the the ordinary people, ordinary residents of Sandy Row, they didn't support whatsoever. And um, the residents throughout Northern Ireland gave no support. And so that is a reality. But Chancellor has kept consistently saying that they have the support of Sandy Row. And we knew it. So we ended up having to do a declaration cards. And that was well over 700 people. Well, it was nearly under, just under 800 people. 
uh, saying that declaration card center never at any stage that they support the demolition of the point bridge. Can I, just, can, I, can I just take you back to the bridge a wee second? So I think one of the one of the chaps in your campaign said that to describe the bridge as featureless is like calling the Giants Causeway a pile of rocks. Um, so I'm wondering, just for those who listen to this show who have probably never seen the Boyne Bridge, if they're living in Great Britain or wherever, um, can you just describe the features of the bridge? What type of bridge is this that we're talking about, Billy? Well... It's an Art Deco bridge. Um, that's basically, you know, you have these uh, Art Deco lights and so on. Um, it, it's, it's not, um, you know, it's, it hasn't got a, 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 a um, you said it had virtually no relief work, you know. Uh, it's, it's a plain bridge. It's a simple bridge. Uh, but in that, and, and in that, it's an attractive bridge. Um, from Sandy Row, you have that image. Uh, it is a bridge, an Art Deco bridge. And, um, you know, um, the, you know, to, to say a basic, I agree with that sentiment um, 100%. Um, that to, to say, you know, to, to, to make little of the, of the, the Boyne Bridge is sort of to make little of the, the chance causeway is a pile of stones. Um, it, it's it's not it's not a it's not a pile of stones. Uh, it, it is it's been built. This was built in 1936. Built in 1936. Well, when the the bridge was built, Jason J. Martin Harland Harland and Wolf constructed this the whole thing. Um, you have that steelwork, and I'm not an expert on that particular aspect of the bridge, but the steelwork apparently um, was constructed, and uh, the rivets and so on, you know, as far as I know. Um, the man who, 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 who did that work, um, it is quite probable that they also worked on the Titanic. Um, there's that there's that link, but it's it's it's, it's got that steelwork as a feature. And I says I'm not the best person to speak about that, but even from my own point point of view, I see that as special. I've been I'm sure a lot of people have seen the steelwork. Um, and, and a lot of money was spent on refurbishing it, by the way. And if you look at it. It's it's a good it's a good good feature, and if that could be retained, and you can walk through and you can see that that uh, steelwork, which has the link with the Harland and Wolf and the Titanic and all, and then not only that, when Harland and Wolf, uh, sorry, when H and J Martin, uh, when they discovered, when they discovered, uh, the sixteen forty two bridge. Um, now, the 1642 bridge may have been built um, uh, using some of the stones from a 1611 bridge, because that is a historical fact. It was a 1611 bridge built at the very same time as the Belfast Castle. You know, the very same time. Now, 
they they the the mix they the 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 mix that was used um, was um, a dry a dry concrete mix of sand and stone, which we we would call now obviously concrete concrete, and this was basically blasted against uh, the arches, the two arches of the 1642 bridge, and then and I'm I'm, I'm going from memory now. Uh, there was I think like what what we call maybe wire mesh type of thing, and it was blasted again with uh, what I call uh, the, the, that early form of concrete, lost it again, and then the, the new bridge is built over that. So actually, the three bridges, two bridges anyway, and I would say the three bridges became one. Now, this is, this is where the problem, this is where the problem lies now, unfortunately that the Department of Communities, you know, wouldn't, um, and by the way, can I just say, first of all, we had to, we had to, we had to bring all the evidence to, 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 to bear on the fact that we believe that the 1642 bridge that remained, and we brought all this evidence about H&J Martin and various other material, and, but it had to be established that it was definitely there. So an archaeological survey was tied out with the boreholes and so on, and that established the fact that it was there. So there's, there's no problem. So we've won. That's a, that's a great battle we've won. That's a great battle we've won. Now, what we're saying is the best way to recognise the 1642 Brazen Park and the 1611, to recognise that and to support it is actually to keep to keep the 1936 bridge as it's it's one bridge. The three bridges are one bridge, but the protection is for the 1642 structure and has to stand in situ. So it's a terrific victory. But if to divorce the 1642 bridge from the 1936 bridge is ridiculous. It is the one bridge. It's the one bridge. Now, if for some logical reason um, that, you know, they needed to take away part of the bridge or something, well, I would like to, I'd like to hear it. I would like to, you know, I like the evidence. Now, when we meet, when we met, it's, when we met, it's uh, Chancellor, we met their, their design team and all, right? We, 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 had a, we had a good team, by the way. Transport Hub Alternatives Group have a very good team and very professional people there, including the tired engineers, road engineers and all. We have good people. So we say, there's no reason why the bridge should go. They say, oh, it has to go because of road alignment and all this type of thing. Well, no, we need, we need, to, we need that has to be challenged by professional people, you know. Um, Billy Dixon simply saying that's nonsense. The, um, Bill McMahon, Declan Hill, and John Andrews, and all saying the bridge doesn't don't need the bridge, don't need the bridge. The bridge doesn't have to go, it can be incorporated. And they say, No, it has to go. 
So where do you go from there? And that's why I've been talking this last five years. Five years. You know, just what we need is independent. Some of the independents say, professionals, professional people, but they'll look at it in an objective way. And I am 100, 200%, whatever it may be, convinced there's no need for a bridge to, to go. But if there was to be a, some sort of a, you know, some sort of a compromise, whatever it may be, like a, they need a, I don't know. But the, but the way I can see it is that there's no need for that bridge to go. And, um, and I, I like to hear, you know, I like to, to as, you know, I, I feel very frustrated, Jason. And you're probably getting this because I'm, 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 I'm really lost for words because I just don't understand. And I, and I don't understand why I and there are my colleagues on Transport Hub Alternative Group are not getting more support. Here's another thing, Jason. This is the most, we believe this, um, the, probably the most important say in, in Belfast because uh, this, is, this is where Belfast, okay, you say that Belfast had its origins at the Sandbank with the High Street. Well, it was from the site that Belfast was fed the necessities for development, whether it be water, bricks, and so on, transport, all that. Right. King William and the history of Orientalism in San Diego, very much, very much, very important, very, very important. The Boyne Bridge is very important to Unionist Orange tradition in that community. But the Boyne Bridge is also very important to the Roman Catholic community, to all communities in, in Belfast. And, and in fact, um, see, this is just Jason. You know, if you, if you read about funerals and all, big funerals, there's massive funerals that took place. I went over the, the Saltwater Bridge, or the Great Bridge, or Boyne Bridge, what they call the Saltwater Bridge. Look. Really big Roman Catholic funerals went over that bridge and went to the Farish Bruce graveyard, right? Uh, small family funerals went over that bridge, the Farish Bruce graveyard. But it doesn't actually say, if you look at all the newspaper cuttings in the past, like, you know, it doesn't actually say they crossed over the point, but they, they, the, the funeral left the house said, the Durham Street area, and they were buried in Paris graveyard, or somewhere a graveyard in a part of South Belfast. Well, that, that, that leads, that leads yeah. me on to the last question, Billy. What, um, what what would you like people to do? What's what's the next steps in the campaign? And what can people who are listening to this show, what can they do to show their support for the Boyne Bridge? Regardless of what happens in the end, we have won that battle to keep the 1642 bridge. But we want to see something on that site that will recognise that. Keeping the Boyne Bridge is one thing that will do that. And one thing that will do that, and we want anyone who hears this 
Thanks for listening to episode 22 of the Historical Belfast podcast. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple and on Spotify so that you never miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do me a huge favour and tell one or two others about it. Show them how to access it. And that way we will ensure that as many people as possible can enjoy the podcast. <laughs>